Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Once again, to the Rich Cordyanks podcast, uh, episode number 34, uh, second to the last episode of season one. Uh, one more episode next week before we start season two and spring training, and that'll kind of lead us into actual news from today. Uh, the breaking news from this week in the world of baseball or in Yankee world is that the MLB Players Union actually rejected the latest offer from MLB on their proposal of a delayed start for the season for 2021. Um, Well, let me just give you the actual details on what the proposal was. Uh, It was proposed for a 154-game season um, instead of the 162. Uh, Let's be very clear, it was going to pay them the full salary for 162, even though it would be a 154-game schedule. Um, It would pause their arrival to spring training camps until March 22nd. And the first games would start April 22nd, and that would push the season back playoffs back into November versus ending in October. So uh, uh, one thing that the league wanted was to push it back, um, and the players obviously didn't want that. We'll talk about why the, we don't think the players wanted that to happen anyway, but it, it's pretty essential that everything that was offered in this proposal was going to benefit the league a little bit for sure, but it was also going to benefit the players a lot more. And I'll talk about why I think they might have turned that down. But uh, it was also going to implement the Universal DH uh, for another year, and it was going to expand the playoffs from 10 to 14 teams, which was not going to be the 16 teams in last year's shortened season, but up from 10 to 14 on a traditional MLB season, which obviously would have generated a tremendous amount of more revenue for the league for the owners so that was their big win in the situation um i listen this is the last year of this current collective bargaining agreement so uh it looks to me like everything written on the wall here is it's going to be either a lockout or a strike next year there's going to be all-out war during the offseason once the world series ends uh, before next season i would be shocked i mean shocked if there wasn't some kind of work stoppage one way or the other heading into 2022 um it's just these these two sides hate each other they cannot stand each other and they don't trust each other and i believe the players think they got screwed in the last collective bargaining agreement and they are going to try to make up for that in this next one which is a lot of the reason that they rejected this offer is really no reason for them to reject it um this really benefits them just as much as it benefits if not more than the league yes it's going to mean a little bit later playing into november big deal it was going to give them what they wanted as far as the universal dh which is a big deal you have teams right now not finishing signing free agents because they didn't know if this was going to be a thing or not they don't know literally until a few days ago which is a week and a half before teams report uh, whether or not they were going to have universal dh they're going to have a dh in the national league that affects the way you construct a team um whether you want to admit it or not so um listen for us for baseball fans it's a win for this year um, we're going to get baseball more of it uh 154 versus 162 i could have lived with that's not the end of the world but the later start I didn't really want. I'm around this time of year, Jonesing for baseball to start anyway. Um, if you've seen the social media counting down the days until pitchers and catchers report for the Yankees, which will be uh, the Monday after Valentine's Day. 
Um, so whatever, we're going to get a regular season. Um, now how COVID affects that and how that happens will you know remain to be seen. Uh, some bad news for fans, or at least fans of personally for me, uh, they will not have fans allowed at workouts this year, which was a big deal for me. The last few years, I really enjoyed going up and actually getting to see some workouts before uh, position players were required to be there and spring training games started. But according to everything that I'm hearing, there are going to be at least 25% capacity at spring training games. So, um, you know, we'll see how that works. The rumor is they're going to block out the lower tier, keep fans pushed back a little bit. But according to everything that I'm seeing, you are going to be able to go to spring training games. Um, I've been checking. You cannot buy, buy them right now, but the schedule is up. And uh, I guess it's just a matter of time before they do that. Not sure how it's going to work. It'll be a little bit more difficult, obviously, to get Yankee tickets versus other teams. This is one of those things where uh, being a real popular team actually hurts us as far as trying to get tickets because everybody else in the world is. So, But if you're a, uh, you know, uh, let's just say a Minnesota Twins fan, uh, it shouldn't be a problem for you to be able to see your team this year, according to everything that I'm hearing and assuming that the virus doesn't get worse. So, But that was the big news of the week as far as the Yankees were concerned. They made all their news last week. We talked about the acquisitions they made. I don't foresee any more changes to the roster. Um, so what we're going to do is a little bit of a um, house cleaning episode here. I've got some stuff that I wanted to play for you guys. Uh, Brian Cashman spoke on a couple issues, uh, spoke about the two most important issues that I was interested to hear was the Domingo Roman issue, said he did speak to him. Um, I've got a little bit of audio from that and him talking about Gary Sanchez and, and, and he got pretty tough with Gary Sanchez and I'll, I'll give you my thoughts uh, before we listen to that as well or after we listen to that. Um, and uh, one other uh, thing that I wanted to play for you guys was, and uh, she's making the rounds here and I'm going to screw up her last name. I apologize for that. She says it a lot easier than I um, Rachel Bolivac. Well, you know, I'm just going to say Rachel <laughs> rather than butcher her last name, but she is the first ever female hired by the Yankees as a minor league hitting instructor. Um, and she's uh, personable. She's got a great attitude. She's real positive. I don't know how good a coach she is. It remains to be seen. She's definitely got credentials, um, but we'll talk a little bit about her. And I'm going to play a little bit of a interview that uh, Meredith did with her from the Yes Network. So, but the big news as far as the week is concerned is all uh, full steam ahead. We're uh, moving on uh, with a normal report date. Um, so according to the schedule and assuming nothing changes, we'll do our last uh, season one episode sometime next week. And we will start season two after pitchers and catchers report. So with that, let's start the show. And the Yankees are on the board in a loud way. 
personal, um, uh, you know, meeting. Um, clearly a very difficult one to have. It was myself and Aaron Boone. And I, if I remember correctly now, because it's been so long, I, Matt Blake might have been in that meeting as well um, for a period of time. And, uh, and we had obviously very heart-to-heart -heart conversations. I'll leave it at that. It was something that was important for us. Um, you know, it, it transcends more, uh, obviously, clearly employer-employee, but it also trend, it transcends that because there's relationships involved, too. It's person-to-person. Uh, um, you know, obviously we do care about Domingo Herman and we care about his family, uh, and want him to have the best, uh, him and his family to have the best lives that they possibly can have. Uh, and that involves, you know, um, a number of, of things that, to happen to allow that to play out. And, uh, so it was just, a it was an important conversation, uh, but it was also a personal one at the same time. So, um, I'd leave it at that, just keep it vague in general, but, uh, but it was good and healthy and, and important. The steps will take whatever they might be or whatever they need to be. We'll take them um, when we're in a position to do so, obviously in this current pandemic setting that you know there's little to be done with that in terms of the team setting, but obviously when we're closer to the reality of, of uh, bringing everybody together, there's certainly, uh, if, if whatever needs to take place, uh, we will try to check those boxes and address them as they come um, and uh, but not in a position really to to talk about you know an organized structured version of what that's going to look like and what's necessary at this point and um, and then when we do and whatever that happens to be I probably wouldn't want to talk about them either um, but you know there's a there's a feel to it there's a uh, an appropriateness to it and there's discussions yet to be had internally about any of it uh, that uh, that will start you know, putting meat on the bones, you know, closer to, to report dates and things of that nature. But I know he's obviously down in the Dominican Republic, just like Gary Sanchez, um, putting, trying to put himself in the position to be, you know, having a successful return to, to professional baseball. And, and hopefully that goes well. And I know he's doing really well uh, as of last uh, reporting of really well he's, uh, with his family. And, and uh, that's the most important thing of all. All right, so that was uh, Brian Cashman's thoughts on the very sensitive Domingo Herman situation. Um, it is a very sensitive situation. You figure he's going to be dependent on in this rotation, regardless of the additions of Kluber and Jamison. Uh, this was a starting rotation that, besides Garrett Cole, was very weak. They essentially had one one proven starter, and then a bunch of uh, uh, we had a true number one, and then maybe four number fives. Montgomery may be a possible four. Um, if Herman can go back to his old form and he can get his off-the-field problems under control, he's a huge asset. Um, and I've been saying for a while that the Yankees cannot let him go. You can't give up on him. I know what he did off the field was horrible, but listen, and I'm not excusing it, but a lot of these guys are not saints off the field. Um, you know, you hope he's got it under control. You hope he's got his situation fixed. But if you look at that rotation right now, assuming Severino comes back in July, Cole, Kluber, Jamison, um, Herman, and Severino, that's a wicked starting five with Montgomery on the outside looking in with him holding down the fort until Sevy comes back. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a formidable starting five. 
You know what I mean? And that's 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 nothing to laugh at. So as far as I'm concerned, he's he's a key. He's needed. Um, I think Brian and the Yankees are handling it properly, being very sensitive, but being showing that it's important. Um, and hopefully he can get his situations under control and the Yankees can get him plugged in and back going. And uh, they can hold down the fort until Sebi comes back in uh, around the All-Star break, hopefully with no setbacks. But, you know, on paper, Sebi penciled in. Herman's problems behind him. That's that's a wicked starting five. That 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 starting five matches up with any rotation of baseball, if you ask me. So, um, we'll see. Fingers crossed. into spring training you know uh i would think he would be you know the heir apparent parent even though the season ended the way it did i think aaron boone uh had to make a decision uh based on how gary was playing and what he was representing at the time which wasn't we believe the true version of gary sanchez uh and if it was we would if it if that is the true version i don't think we would have clearly uh tendered him a contract but uh but we believe that the sample size of the 2020 season you know, would be hard pressed to judge really anybody, both in the favorable spot or a negative spot. And uh, the sample size was so small. So we're going to certainly bet on him returning to form um, the all-star caliber player. He was prior to the 2020 season. Um, and, uh, you know, as I know some people might take that as an excuse, but I think we're just making, you know, what we believe is a, a safe bet, but there is at the same time, I guess, risk to it because, you know, uh, you know, Gary's gonna have to prove that 2020 was, was an aberration. Uh, but the fact that he on his own is determined to play winter ball to work through things to get back on track, I think is a prelude to things to come. This is not something the Yankees mandated is something that's, you know, organically come from within. And, uh, and so, you know, he's working at it and, and trying to be the best version of himself and return to form. All right, so you heard Brian Cashman's thoughts on the Gary Sanchez situation. I think he was very clear saying that, listen, and I think he sent a clear message out to him saying, listen, you were performed poorly last year, so poorly that it was forced that you were replaced in the playoffs and you were taken out of the starting rotation. And it's on you to improve and try to win that spot back. I also think, I shouldn't say win that spot back, but it's on you to improve and keep your spot and that it could happen again to put some pressure on him. Um, I think they made it clear to say he was the front runner to take the starting position going out of camp, which is pretty obvious considering uh, what he's capable of and the fact that I don't think uh, Higgy is a starting is an everyday starting catcher in the major leagues. Listen, he's a fantastic backup. He is he is, you know, he's Austin Romine. He's Joe Girardi. He's, he's an awesome backup. I love him as a backup. I think the little bit of pop he gives um, calls a great game defensively. He's incredible behind the plate, does not have the arm of Sanchez, but more than efficient behind the plate and a solid backup. But listen, for New York Yankees, he's not a starting catcher. Um, Gary Sanchez still has all the potential in the world. They're not ready to give up on him yet. Um, and it seems like he's one of those players that just gets in his own head, if you ask me. And I think that's what a lot of the problems are. Um, they're going to try this season. He's going to get another year to go. Now, I mean, if he's abysmal, this is a, this is a full season. This is not a shortened season. So this is going to be a long season if uh, – He's abysmal. They'll bench him, or they'll, you know, I think they'd let him go. He's he's he'll, he's cheap enough right now where they haven't paid him the big contract that he 
he's expendable since as far as dollars and cents are concerned. So, you know, it's not like they couldn't let him go in the middle of the year. Listen, his bat is phenomenal. He's got a cannon for an arm. Um, defensively, he's he's below average for sure. Um, I think if they stop messing with his mechanics, he might be better. Um, just let him catch the way he knows how to catch. You know, maybe he's suited down the roll for a first base spot or a DH spot. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Going into the year, he's he's our guy. Um, you know, I you know we'll see what happens. You know, summertime if he's still batting under 200, do they make a change? If the power's not there, if the pop's not there, if I had to guess right now, I'd say Gary Sanchez is your starting catcher for the entire season, and I would say his home run totals pick up to the point where his batting average isn't as important. Um, if I had to predict it right now, gun to my head, uh, I'd say 25 to 28 home runs, um, and I would take that. You know, I take that from a starting catcher. So. We'll see, you know, fingers crossed uh, right now. That's what it looks like we're going with is Gary Sanchez, your 2021 starting catcher for the New York Yankees. We start dissecting that roster and trying to figure out who's going to fit in where. I look at somebody like Miguel Andujar and someone the Yankees had such high hopes and promise for that terrific rookie season. He was a doubles machine, such a dynamic offensive player. Well, as you look toward 2021, where exactly is he fitting in when you now know that Frazier is going to get a ton of the at-bats in the outfield and Duhar has to go to spring training and just try and fight his way into a spot on this roster. And then does Tyler Wade, what would be his role? The good thing he has going for him is his versatility. He can play a variety of positions. Yeah, Tyler Wade will have a job somewhere because he's such a versatile player, to your, your point, Bob. He can steal a bag. He can play multiple infield positions, can play the outfield, give you a good at-bat from the left side. He's the perfect role player on any team, whether it's National League or American League. I also think about the catching position, Higashi this team will be so much better if Gary Sanchez is your number one guy having a great year and Higgy is your backup playing once, maybe twice a week. That's when the Yankees will be at full strength. Some Yankees fans said, why not kick the tires on Kyle Schwarber, who was a free agent? Yankees did at least do that, right, Jack? They did, and then those tires ended up being very expensive. Schwarber ended up signing a one-year $10 million deal with the Nationals, and that's why as we talk about the Yankees bench and their complimentary players, the Yankees didn't have $10 million available to go sign someone like Schwarber who would have been searching for at-bats within this lineup. He's a guy, to me, who really patterns out more as a DH, and the Yankees have Giancarlo Stanton. So all these players that we've already talked about, Ford, Talkman, Higashioka, Wade, throw Tyler Strada in there, and Duhar, the Yankees bench from last year, it's probably going to be their bench this year. They're just hoping for a lot of improvement. All right, guys. All right, guys. Well, you heard a little bit about the uh, from the rest the Yes Network crew talking about the Yankees bench and what it'll look like uh, in their opinion. Uh, just my thoughts on the situation here. Uh, there's not much to discuss as far as I'm concerned. Tyler Wade's going to be your utility guy around the infield, and when you have a DJ LeMahieu that you re-signed who can pretty much play anywhere on the infield, that's a huge asset right there. Um, Miguel Andujar can still plug in some third base time um, to spell Gio Urshela. Uh, you've got plenty of infield position and you've definitely got depth on the outfield as of right now the question is will they bring Brett Gardner back for the outfield for that bench spot um I'd say less likely um Mike Talkman had a, an awful last year 
Um, I still don't think they're going to give up him on him at the price he's at right now. I think he's your opening day four starter who can play all the outfield spots. And you do have Giancarlo Stanton who can go and play the field occasionally to spell somebody in left field, Frazier or whatever. So I think the outfield will be fine. Higgy's your everyday, obviously your bench catcher. Um, so, I mean, who do they carry? We're talking about my opinion would be Talkman in the outfield. Um, maybe another outfielder, possibly only because you have Tyler Wade and you have LeMay who can play all over. Also that Andujar can play third base and a serviceable left field. He's shown that he can play, so he can be valuable out there. Um, the only question is, do they add one more bench player and take that extra person out of the bullpen? Possible. Um, is Estevan Florio ready to make that big leap some point this year and come up for the outfield? Um, having seen him play in person a few times, if he can stay injury free, he is a beast as far as size wise. He's a big boy. Um, defensively, he looks pretty solid. He's got a big bat. Um, I think he's still a little bit away, a year away at least. Um, or it will be somebody else who comes up, uh, Thyro Estrada on the infield, unfortunately has proved himself pretty serviceable, but there's not really a spot for him. I think that's Tyler Wade's spot to lose um, his speed, his ability to play and come up with big, big clutch hits. I think are going to get him that bench spot for the Yankees in 2021, but injury, something that could happen, obviously Estrado, uh, bringing back Gardner is a possibility, I guess, at a, at a, at a team friendly deal. Um, as of now, I'd say your bench players would be Higgy behind the plate, Wade and Duhar on the bench and Talkman in the outfield. down under you're in sydney australia how have you been enjoying it over there uh it's been phenomenal considering the circumstances just getting an opportunity to coach and to be with you know around higher level professional athletes and and kind of get hands-on experience coaching when in a year where you know we missed everything so i think it's been a phenomenal experience and sydney is not a bad place to be in the winter time um so all around just a really great time currently coaching with the Sydney Blue Sox. How did that whole opportunity come about? Um, well, I just like many other times in my life, I'm a really curious person. And so I was uh, over the COVID, you know, qu quarantine time, we were doing a ton of Zooms with the Yankees um, involving different departments and just being able to learn from each other. And so I was sitting in on every single catching Zoom that was going on and just really learning our philosophy inside and out and learning more about that part of the game. And I uh, just heard one day one of the coaches said, hey, do we want to send any players over to Australia to play in the Winter League because they're, they don't have any COVID going on over there? And I thought, hey, <laughs> I was like, hey, what about coaches? So that's how it happened. I just kind of overheard by chance that this guy knew one of our coaches was really good friends with the manager here. And we got connected and now I'm in Sydney. <laughs> Were the Yankees pretty cool with the whole process of you going over there in the offseason? Oh, yeah. I think I think um, just like the players, like they were happy for me to get an opportunity to get hands-on experience, especially given that this was my technically first year in professional baseball as a hitting coach, um, although I've been in professional baseball for a long time. But to get that hands-on experience, working with guys every day, just like kind of the, the ins and outs of like what a season would feel like, um, it's different to – exchanging video with our players from the Yankees um, was fine, but it's really different, of course, as any coach would know, to be 
in you know in the area when they're struggling when they're doing well what should we change kind of working uh like i said just hands-on i think they were happy for me to go and, and get that experience wherever i could especially given the circumstances what's the biggest thing you've learned so far uh i mean kind of just you know what i thought i would learn which is just when th when things go wrong you know what what do i need to work on when i'm i'm not doing well with a certain pitch or in a certain count or situation kind of the mental things because it's easy to coach in a bubble you know it's easy to to set the ball on the tee or do flips and everyone looks good in a cage type of thing so i think just getting um experience with the mental side of I've experienced that myself as a softball player at a high level, but uh, that was a while ago and, you know, it's different. And so what do you say to a player? What, what do you not say to a player? You know, what, when is the time to not say anything? And so I think just those nuances have been, again, great for me to have an opportunity during this time when there's not a lot of organized professional baseball going on in the entire world. So uh, been extremely valuable. One guy you have been working with, Manny Ramirez. What has that been like? Oh, Manny, uh, he is, uh, he's a unique human being. I think when people say Manny being Manny, I don't know if they understand, you know, when you see the things that he did on the field, the high-fiving of the fan or laying in the outfield doing a snow angel, he's so lighthearted and he takes what he does seriously, but he t doesn't take himself seriously. You know, and I think that the biggest thing I've taken away from that is he just realizes the impact that he can have on someone's day, someone's life. And so if somebody stops us, because he does get stopped here in Australia even, if someone stops us, he's just the mo the nicest human ever. We could be having a really intense, deep conversation about something and he's we're, we're debating something and someone stops him and he's just, all of a sudden he's just, he's Manny, how they think Manny should be. And so I think he's just a really incredible human being and someone that I've learned a lot from more so about life than anything else. And he's just, incredibly open-minded. I mean, the amount of things that he's asking me about hitting, and I'm thinking this is the best right-handed hitter of all time. Like, why is he asking me about this? But he just, just like me, I think that's why we click so well. He wants to learn from everyone and he may or may not use it, but he knows that he may use it in five years or he may use it in a certain situation or whatever. And so he's just trying to gather as much knowledge as he, as he can. And he sifts through that to know what he'll apply to something else. And that's, I think, you know, just lets you know why he was so good. You had a big opportunity last year with the Yankees. Of course, COVID had a different idea with everything that happened with the minor leagues. What are your expectations for 2021? My expectations are uh, that we will be on a baseball field <laughs> with players. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, there's been some announcements made and it seems like some things are going ahead on, on time and that's really exciting. However, I don't think anyone's holding their breath. I think we're waiting to see what happens and just trying to trust that Major League Baseball is doing their, their best to make sure that everyone's safe and also make sure that we get some baseball in. And that's definitely a delicate balance. So just trusting what they say and being patient as we have been. Rachel, thanks for waking up early to join us and enjoy Australia. Thank you. Good to see you. All right, guys, uh, that's pretty much it for content this week on the episode. Uh, this is the second to last episode of season one. Uh, one more episode next week before we start season two. 
um, the official revamped Rich Corey Yank show. Um, the social media, I just want to remind you, everything has changed from the old Highlanders podcast to the Rich Corey Yanks at gmail.com for the email. Rich Corey Yanks for the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, so feel free to drop us a line. We'll get back to the more traditional format of answering questions and stuff in two weeks when we start season two. Um, until then, I'm going to play you this uh, last clip here with uh, the Yes Networks talking to the Yankees' first female minor league hitting instructor, Rachel. I will not say her last name again because I just can't. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting just, you know, doing some research on her. her she's, she's super qualified as far as a smart female, um, two master's degrees in human movement and experience. Um, she's played with, uh, she's coached for several minor league teams. Uh, she's currently in Australia. Uh, hitting instructing some teams out there so she's definitely qualified um definitely talented and uh you know listen kudos to the yankees for bringing in a female and hopefully it was because she's qualified and not because she's a female so that being said i'm gonna let you we're gonna go out on that right there as far as the final segment for today's show looking forward to a good 2021 season and uh, an exciting season too so also i want to remind everybody that uh Depending on how you listen to the show, you can now leave voice messages for the show. Um, if you'd rather just leave a question that way or a comment. And uh, starting in Season 2, not next week, we will start to play some of those voice clips and messages on the show. So, thanks guys. Go Yanks. Yeah, and he scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that, he hit the fucking ball. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh yeah, I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. God, sucker teed off in there like he knew I was gonna throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him. <laughs>